0: Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. Today is August 24th, 2022, and our first story, Marjorie Taylor Greene this morning was swatted. That's when someone calls the police saying something crazy is happening, so a SWAT team shows up, and it is attempted murder, because people die in these situations. Fortunately, she is okay. But tensions are escalating, and talk of political violence, civil war, or revolution, well, they're getting crazier and crazier by the minute. In our next story, Donald Trump declares victory. He says that all of his endorsements have won, even the Democrats, which is kind of funny. But there is some potentially bad news for Republicans. In a district where Republicans were projected to win a special election, the Democrat actually won by around two points. It may not be a red wave this November, so pay attention. In our last story, Biden is going to cancel $10,000 in student loan debt for some and $20,000 for others. Both the left and the right are calling this out, however, and it's kind of funny. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. This morning at around 1 a.m., Marjorie Taylor Greene was swatted, reportedly by a transgender activist. An individual told the police that they committed the swatting because they were upset with her position on transgender surgeries and medication for children. Recently, Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced a bill to make it a felony to provide such a thing to a child. Now, I know most of you know what swatting is, but for those who are not familiar, it is when you call the police or send them a message somehow indicating there's a very serious threat. And your goal is to get a heavily armed SWAT team to kick in someone's door and terrorize them. However, it has resulted in death in several circumstances. And thus, I would call it low tier attempted murder. I don't need to qualify it. It's attempted murder. I would say that someone did try to kill Marjorie Taylor Greene. But you know what the issue we have is we always want to pull things back a little bit. We don't want to exaggerate. We don't want to go too far. But here's the reality. People have died from this. The action has a decent probability. I say decent because I don't want to say it's high. People get swatted often. It's horrifying. And the amount of times that swatting results in death is low relative to the amount of times people get swatted. But the chance that someone could die is actually, it's high enough. Granted, being low, still high enough. For that matter, it's still terrorism. And all this is going on as the fear of civil war has continued to escalate in this country. So there it is. Tim Pool said civil war. Take your drinks. But maybe I'm wrong about civil war. Maybe my vision was too narrow. You know, I talked about this on Timcast IRL, that the assumption of civil war implies that there's two factions actually standing up to each other. And if you take a look at political turmoil in many countries, it wasn't a civil war. It could very well just be a revolution. You take a look at pre-Soviet Russia and the Bolshevik revolution. You take a look at Weimar Germany and the Nazis' rise to power, not civil wars, but a lot of political violence that ultimately just led to totalitarianism and genocide. And that could be the path we're on. As the terror campaigns escalate, I would say, however, despite all the news, I'm, I'm feeling fairly optimistic that the extremes of the far left will not succeed. And then on the right, you have people like Trump. They call him a fascist, but he was unwilling to deploy the National Guard to protect cities from violent extremists during the summer of love, the 2020 riots. And that says to me, Trump isn't the fasc- fascist here, and I'm not really worried about him being president. You can see people like Sam Harris. He said recently in a a podcast, Trigonometry, that Hunter Biden could have had dead children, the corpses of children in his basement, and he wouldn't have cared. That is cult, authoritarian, totalitarian zealotry. And I think we're going to beat it. I do. You can see how desperate they've become. While this story is breaking, we do have another story from the other day. Two men convicted in a plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. To Democrats, it's proof the right is trying to start a civil war to the right, the FBI basically planned the whole thing. It was effectively entrapment, maybe not even a real case to begin with. And it doesn't matter which side you're on or you believe, because either way, no matter which side you're on, left or right, and this is why I've said civil war for so so long, no matter which side you're on, there is an instance, there is a circumstance driving us to a clash in this country. Another story that came out in the past few days, a man planted bombs we now know to be fake in West Virginia. All of this is ramping up. And now you've got questions arising in the mainstream media. More and more, every single day, new articles. Is civil war coming? And then I thought about it. Like I said, maybe I'm wrong. Civil war implies people are fighting each other in the streets. And there's organized factions. And some have said, Tim, there's not going to be any organization. And I'm like, OK, maybe. But then you're looking at a Weimar Germany type situation and an eventual rise to power of one ideology. What could this become? It could become a revolution, and then you could see totalitarianism in any form take over. That's not civil war, but it's something similar. Let's read this story about Marjorie Taylor Greene getting swatted. Before we do, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work as a member. You'll get access to our exclusive members-only, uncensored TimCast IRL shows Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m., as well as our other shows, the Cast Castle vlog. The latest episode uh, went up just the other day, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Check them out. They're good fun. The, the, the bit we did with Jack Posobiec got over 110,000 hits, I think, in like a couple days. And uh, we've got Tales from the Inverted World. We're going to be launching new shows. Plus, we have a new song coming out from Timcast Records. Granted, it is one of my original songs, but we're going to be signing other bands and expanding our music offerings. That'll be on Friday, and it's all thanks to your support. We're going to keep building culture, and we're going to win. From Timcast.com, Marjorie Taylor Greene swatted at her home. Law enforcement officers showed up in the middle of the night. Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted, last night I was swatted just after 1 a.m., I can't express enough gratitude to my local law enforcement here in Rome, Floyd County. More details to come. The New York Post calls it a prank. They report far right. Rhett Marjorie Taylor Greene was swatted early Wednesday in a prank that police say was due to her views on transgender rights. Full stop. New York Post, a prank. People have died because of this. It is terrorism. Last night. Uh, we, we read her tweet and she said she could not express her uh, gratitude more. Debbie Burnett, the assistant chief of police in Rome, Georgia, said the department was contacted early Wednesday with a report of a subject being shot multiple times at a local address. When officers responded, they, disco- responded, they discovered this was the home of Marjorie Taylor Green. She ass- assured the officers there was no issue and the call was determined to be a false call, commonly known as swatting. The suspect, who was speaking through a computer generated voice, then called back and said they were upset about Mrs. Green's political views on transgender youth rights. Burnett said the incident remains an active investigation. A police report detailing the incident said that just after 1 a.m., five Rome police officers were dispatched to Green's home. But the congresswoman said nothing was going on and requested a keep check on her residence. Not long after, the police department was contacted through another call, uh, through another 911 call from a person claiming responsibility for the incident. While the user called, uh, while the caller used a computer-generated voice, the suspect explained they were upset about Mrs. Green's stance on transgender youth rights, and stated they were going to try to swat her. The police report reads, "The suspect also claimed they were connected to the website Kv Farms, that reportedly s- supports cyber stalking." The suspect claimed their username was Autistic Right. A spokesperson for the congressman told the Post Wednesday that right now, Congressman Green's safety is our number one concern. Last night, she was a victim of a political attack on her family and home. Whoever committed this violent crime will face the full extent of the law, Green's rep said. Swatting is a dangerous prank where someone calls in a false threat to authorities. Full stop. Not a prank. The prank has even led to fatalities. Not a prank. It's not a prank to get in a car and slam the gas on chasing somebody down. So it's just a prank, bro. It's just a prank. I mean, if I hit you, you'd have died. Okay, yeah, not a prank swatting someone is sending an armed tactical unit to someone's home. And I feel bad for these cops, man. We've been swatted so many times. Let me tell you. What do you think it must be like to be a cop, to get a call that someone just killed a bunch of people and now they're going to do it again? You're, you're, you're worried. You got to go in. You're trying to save lives, You're trying to stop violence. But this guy could shoot you. That's what they're doing. They're telling these cops, expect extreme violence. And now you got to go there. Not a prank. This is serious stuff. A swatting on a sitting member of Congress. Now, the first time we were swatted was the day after. I believe it was the day after Marjorie Taylor Greene was here. And I think it was because she was here. You see, we put up our episodes of Timcast IRL. We go live at 8 p.m. and at 10 p.m. That means for most people, the notification of the episode's publication will be around 10. That means for most people, you go to bed, you wake up the next day, and you see Marjorie Taylor Greene on TimCast. So what I think happened was we don't announce our guests, and partly for this reason. So the next day, they tried they swatted us while we were live on the air. And I believe it was because they were trying to target Marjorie Taylor Greene because she's a divisive political figure. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene is fantastic, mind you. But, of course, she has her enemies. We'll put it that way. This says to me, I mean, things are escalating because I'm glad she's safe. But what what, what could have happened? If, it, if, 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 it, if Bad things could have happened. I'll just say that. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius... You can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list In no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. I think a lot of what's going on is indicative of escalating political violence, but um, to revise my statements on civil war. I want to now extend the concept of this may be heading towards a revolution. The left wants a revolution, and they're going to fight for one. It's only going to be civil war if the right actually gets organized and defends itself or fights back. We don't want any violence. We don't want anybody fighting in the street. We don't want armed factions. We just want to get along, figure out how to bring temperatures down in this country. But I don't know if that's possible. Civil war, maybe. Revolution, maybe. It seems we're going in that direction. The New York Post reports two men convicted in Governor Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot. The reason this story is important is because of the the, uh, disparate views on what happened. Two ringleaders in the plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were found guilty by a federal jury Tuesday. Barry Croft and Adam Fox were convicted of charges of kidnapping conspiracy, as well as conspiracy to use a weapon of mass destruction. The convictions come after an earlier case against the men ended in a mistrial when jurors were unable to agree on a verdict. So they say the pair, along with several other men, planned to kidnap Whitmer at her at her vacation home, ostensibly over anger stemming from coronavirus restrictions, federal prosecutors said. The crew had surveilled the governor's home and conducted field training exercises to practice combat tactics to prepare for the ambush. They were arrested after four of them met with an undercover FBI agent to buy four thousand dollars in explosives for the scheme. The plot was initially reported to the feds by an army vet who joined Croft and Fox's paramilitary group, but became alarmed when talk turned to killing police. Defense attorneys argue that Croft and Fox were victims of entrapment. and that The two were just big talkers who were simply venting. Quote, this isn't Russia. This isn't how our country works. Croft attorney Joshua Blanchard told jurors, you don't get to suspect that someone might commit a crime because you don't like the things they say, that you don't like their ideologies. Two other men charged in the scheme were acquitted last spring and two more pleaded guilty. Now, on the right, the narrative is that these men were fumbling, bumbling potheads who were sitting around and just nodding along with FBI informants. And for the most part, that seems to be the case. The left's argument is that I guess it doesn't matter. These guys were intent on doing it. They wanted to foment a second civil war. I don't I don't think it matters what you believe to be true in this circumstance. And, And maybe I'm wrong about it. Don't know. Don't care. I'm concerned if innocent people are entrapped, for sure. So I defer to the journalists who have been tracking this much better than I. I bring this up just to point out between the left and the right. It doesn't matter here what the story really is. The right has their narrative. The FBI has gone insane or they've been insane for a long time to the left. The right has gone insane. Will it be a civil war? I don't know. We got this story recently. Identity of attempted bombing suspect confirmed. The bomb threat was made in the the city of Bluefield, West Virginia. You see, this man apparently planted a fake bomb at a federal court building and a church and apparently had a third device as well. Why? He wanted to talk about national security. Is is, is that that's really what it was? Martial security at the Elizabeth Key Federal Building. In Bluefield, notified Bluefield police of a man insisting to see a federal agent forcefully. James Fowler of Bluefield was taken into custody after he discovered he was carrying a black bag containing what he claimed to be a bomb. So what was this all about? Apparently, he wanted to talk about national security. He's been charged with two counts of possession of a hoax bomb, one count of false reports concerning bombs, and two counts of threats of terroristic acts. They're all felonies. So a guy is being accused of several felonies. Why? I talk to the feds. Maybe stuff like this happens all the time. You know, look, I don't know. People talk about the weather underground. They talk about how crazy things were during Vietnam, during World War II, during civil rights. Maybe stories like this are a dime a dozen. Crazy guy does crazy thing. Remember when that dude climbed Trump Tower to try and get Trump's attention? He's like, I need to talk to Trump. Well, you don't need to, but that ain't the way to do it. I'll tell you that. Your better bet is to just hang out at Trump Tower until you see the guy or Talk to people until you finally find those six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Climbing a building ain't it. <laughs> Hoax bombs certainly ain't it. But the reason I bring this up is just, here's what I want to ask. You know, these stories we're seeing. This, this was a crazy guy with fake bombs. Someone put fake sent fake bombs to CNN. Remember that? You know, these things have been happening quite a bit over the past several years. Is, is it indicative of a civil war? A revolution or some crazy political, you know, political violence is heading our way. Or does this stuff just happen? Every person I've talked to is older than me, has said they've never seen it this bad. In which case, and I really don't know, I really don't. I think somebody tried to kill Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think swatting is attempted murder because we had the police show up to our studio pointing a gun at one of our employees. Because what do they know? They made him put his hands in the air and he had to walk towards the vehicle. Lucky we're, we're lucky he was outside. If he wasn't, they'd have kicked the doors in. We got lucky, though, that we had our, our CTO was out. Not so lucky for him, but I think, you know, everything worked out for the best. And I'm, it, it's, it's horrifying that it happened. But what if you know, the, the, a white SUV pulls up to our house where we know we have security problems? Like we, we, we know we have threats of violence. And then someone points a gun at you. Are we supposed to know what's happening? That's the scary thing about all of this. What if our armed security guard was outside and they saw a vehicle pull up with a gun drawn? What do you think security guards are going to do? Permitted, licensed security guard armed. They're going to they're going to seek cover. They're going to run. They're going to move or they're going to they're going to get they're going to you know, put their gun low ready or even take aim. They can't see this car. It's pitch black, bright lights, car pulls up, gun gun pointed. They say, don't move. If someone's coming here to kill us, are we going to assume that they're going to come in here and be like, yar, I'm Antifa. I'm a political extremist. No, we got lucky. What happened to Marjorie Taylor Green? I'm just going to say it. attempted murder. This is getting crazy, man. This is where we are. Common Dreams, a progressive website, writes: The questions must be asking the, we, the questions we must be asking about a second civil war. Imagine a repeat of January 6, but with tanks, soldiers, and guns. Here's a here's a passage. This isn't just the stuff of neo-fascist rabble anymore. It's something far beyond that. Now it's an organized, sophisticated, authoritarian fascist political bloc. The latest development in the ongoing struggle for self-preservation for self-preservation American democracies having is this. Trump approved candidates were elected almost across the board and across the country, winning GOP primaries for offices like secretary of state, governor and so forth. They have one thing in common, which is that they are vehement, ardent, fanatical Trumpists, and therefore they believe in back the big lies from the election was stolen to the deep, deep state is out to get Trump to Trump alone can save us to it's those dirty, filthy subhumans who are responsible for the woes of pure and Uh, of pure and true real Americans. This is the narrative of the progressives, what they think of Trump candidates. It doesn't matter if he's right, it doesn't matter if you think he's wrong. What matters is he thinks it. And if he thinks it, people on the left will hear it and that's how they will perceive everything. You know, we talk about postmodernism and what is true and there's objective truth, but also sometimes it just doesn't matter because feelings don't care about your facts feelings can make a person go crazy. From The Guardian, U.S. political violence is surging, but talk of civil war is exaggerated. Isn't it? That's what they wrote only a few days ago. They say the FBI search of Mar-a-Lago unleashed the latest barrage of threats of violence on top of a wave of threats against election workers and rising weapons sales. Amazing. Dr. Garen uh, Mute used to laugh off warnings of civil war coming from America as crazy talk. Then the emergency room doctor in California saw the figures for gun sales. Winter Mute, who founded a center to research firearms violence after years of treating gunshot wounds, had long observed the rush to buy weapons comes in waves, often around a presidential election. It always fell back again. Then in January of 2020, gun sales took off. Just an unprecedented surge in purchasing that the surge continued. We were aware that contrary to prior surges, this one wasn't ending. People are still buying guns like crazy. Many were buying a weapon for the first time. Wake up, wake up, call, huh? Because I talk about it a bit. Four or five years ago when I was like, Civil War. Shout again to Joe Rogan. You guys have heard me talk about it. He said he thought I was crazy and over the top, calm down. And now he's saying, I think Tim might be right. Well, my friends, I have a revised analysis While everyone now is jumping on the bandwagon of maybe a civil war is coming. I saw this article from The Atlantic. The new era of political violence is here. The danger is not organized civil war, but individual Americans with deep resentments and delusions. I saw that and I said to myself, you know what? Civil war requires civil war is optimistic. And that's terrifying, isn't it? Let me let me rephrase, Okay, Any kind of conflict and violence is bad. And for anybody, I'll tell you this, for everybody, be it left or right, violence isn't helping you. It's not helping you win. The midterms are coming up. It's it's like two months away. And the people who get violent lose support. They do. We saw it with Black Lives Matter after, this, after, the, after the George Floyd riots. Their support tanked. Violence ain't going to help you. But this is what we're seeing. Civil war is optimistic in the sense that if it does break down, if the system does crack, Civil war implies that the left and the right will be on somewhat of an equal footing and have the ability to support their worldviews and their factions. But what if that doesn't happen? What if the left can't muster up any kind of real defense? What if the right can't? What if the political violence escalates to the point where the former president is imprisoned? That's where it seems to be that we're going. Then you get revolution, not civil war. And that's worse. You know, in the United States, the Revolutionary War, the period was like 20 years. But, but the crown was far away. And the people in this country mostly ended up just saying, OK, cool, we got a new country. Then there was Shay's rebellion. These people were upset that they were not getting their debts paid. And so they stopped. I, I think what happened is they, they stopped paying the, 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 the debts on their land or something like that ask Ian. Ian has read read a lot about this, but you ended up with a bunch of dudes basically rioting. It was a rebellion. And I believe it was John Hancock who signed off on pardoning all of them, except for a few. So we can't start a country this way. We can't have these people, you know, mad at us, fighting against us. We can't do this. Otherwise, you get more extremism, more violence. But that was revolution. Then came the civil war in this country, 80 years later. The civil war, two factions fighting, It ended with Reconstruction. Uh, The North won, obviously, but then it came to, I think, 1876 and the election was contested. So a committee determined who the president would be because they said we don't want civil war, man. So they compromised. Civil war meant that both sides were at an impasse, even though the North won. The South was it was not over. And people don't realize this. When the Civil War officially ended, you know, people in the South were still killing Union soldiers during Reconstruction. They were still fighting. It was just a formal end to any war from the governments. The North occupied the South and Southerners were killing Union soldiers and still fighting. That's why Juneteenth is, is celebrated. You don't have to like the holiday. But um, Juneteenth was, I think it was three years later, the last slaves were finally freed because there were slave owners in Texas who were like, we don't care. Don't care what the law says. They're going to do their thing. And so that's what uh, Juneteenth is. The new era of political violence suggests something else. So I started reading a little bit more. I've read, I've read a bit about Weimar Germany. I read a bit about, you know, uh, pre-Soviet Russia and things like that. I decided to look at um, Weimar Germany, hyperinflation, economic collapse, the COP push in 1920. It's interesting. Free Corp soldiers in occupied, uh, occupied Berlin installed Wolfgang Kopp, a right-wing journalist, as chancellor. The national government fled to Stuttgart and called for a general strike against the push, which was basically a coup. The strike meant that no official pronouncements could be published. And with the civil service out on strike, the Kapp government collapsed after only four days on the 17th of March. It's crazy. Weimar Germany wasn't a civil war. It was just chaos and uh, different factions fighting for power. Ultimately, you get the uh, Beer Hall push, and that was when Hitler went to a Munich Beer Hall and tried to seize power. A failed power seizure staged by the Nazi Party under Hitler in Munich. In 1920, the German Workers' Party had become the National Socialist uh, German Workers' Party, NSDAP or Nazi Party, which would eventually become a driving force on the collapse of Weimar. Hitler named himself as chairman of the party in July 1921. On on the 8th of November, 1923, the Kampfbund, in a pact with Erich Ludendorff, took over a meeting by Bavarian Prime Minister Gustav von Kahr at a beer hall in Munich. Ludendorff and Hitler declared the Weimar government was deposed and that they were planning to take control of Munich the following day. But the 3,000 rebels were no match yet for the Bavarian authorities. Hitler was arrested and sentenced to five years in prison for high treason. The minimum sentence for the charge, however... Hitler served less than eight months in a comfortable cell, receiving a daily stream of visitors until his release on the 20th of December, 1924. While in jail, he wrote, Mein Kampf dictated it, which laid out his ideas and future policies. Hitler now decided to focus on legal methods of gaining power. Have you seen the price of gold lately, it's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments, that's 877-646-5347. And he did. Here we have the rise of the Nazi Party. what I find really fascinating is his is what he wrote and what his policies were. In his book, he attacked the left and right. The majority of scholars identify Nazism in practice as being far-right, a far-right form of politics. When asked in an interview in 1934 whether the Nazis were bourgeois right-wing, as alleged by their opponents, He responded that Nazism was not exclusively for any class and indicated that it favored neither left nor the right, but preserved pure elements from both camps by stating from the camp of bourgeois tradition, it takes national resolve. And from the materialism of the Marxist dogma, living creative socialism. What's funny about this is that those statements are more reflected in the Democratic Party today. The bourgeois does not mean rich. It means middle class. The Democrats have become the party of. The bourgeois white suburbanites, they become the party of the wealthy elites. The right is making gains with a populist blue collar coalition. But anyway, let's read more. The votes that the Nazis received in the 1932 elections established the party as the largest parlamentar- parliamentary faction in the Weimar German Republic. Hitler was appointed as chancellor of Germany in the 30th, January 1933. The Reichstag fire of 27 February 1933 gave Hitler pretext for suppressing his political opponents. The following day persuaded the Reich, the Reich president, Paul von Hindenburg, to issue the Reichstag fire decree, which suspended most civil liberties. Now, we have a constitution. It's not the same here. And I don't like comparing everything to Nazi Germany. No, it's just a powerful historical reference to history rhyming. Take a look at the election results. Six votes in 1924. Three votes in 1924. I mean, in December 1924, uh, 2.6 in 1928 mm, seemed to have been falling, but two years later, 18. Two years later, 37. When it goes down in 32 to 33, but then in March of 1933, it goes up to 43.9 votes, giving them giving Hitler the Chancellery. Then the dude went nuts. But it's fascinating to see that his ideology rejected left and right, and it was just an, an attempt at, you know rallying whoever they could at a time when the economy was in serious trouble. Now, the left will look at this and paint allusions to Donald Trump. The right, I'm sure, will paint allusions to the left. As I mentioned, you know, my view is that the Democrats are the bourgeois party. They're the white working, I'm sorry, the the white middle class, upper class party. And the Republicans have become the increasingly multi-ethnic blue collar party, but neither really has a monopoly on it. The left still has a large portion of black voters, but they're losing Latino voters. It's split down the middle. It's hard to know exactly how this will manifest. But what we're seeing in this country is a, a collapsing economy, potential food shortages. It's not history repeating itself, but it's rhyming. Many things that be, that, that we are being struck by were struck by uh, struck Weimar Germany. It's not that these things guarantee a kind of rise of Nazism or something like that. It's that there are issues that precipitate revolution. Hungry people. People who feel like there's no safety and security. They say you're, you're a few meals away from a revolution. I think it's, what, nine? A few meals away. If people can't eat, they get mad. And if we do see food shortages in the next year or so, it's fascinating. That 100 years on, from the rise of the Nazis in the United States... Something similar happens, too. It was 1920. The 1920, well, let, let, let me make sure you, I think it was 1922, uh, 1923 was the Beer Hall push. But there was a push in 1920. 100 years later, what do we get? In 2021, January 6, and it made me think. Now, the Beer Hall push was overt. Hitler literally tried to stage a coup. Could it be that they're trying to make it seem like Donald Trump is like Hitler. They're trying to paint him out to be that villain so that they can look back and say, look at what happened in Weimar, Germany. And Donald Trump is doing the same thing. January 6th, Trump staged a coup. Trump didn't stage a coup. It's kind of pathetic, actually, because if Trump tried to, the scary thing is it probably would have worked. If all of Trump's supporters actually went down to the Capitol, there was some like 100 to 200,000 people there. Instead, like 800 people showed up. I think 800 people went in the building and it was like a thousand, a little bit more than a thousand or so that were outside. Imagine if all 200,000 actually went to the Capitol, but the building, but Trump didn't tell them to. It's hard to know how this will all play out. And we can only look back to history and try and see how do humans behave in these circumstances. So maybe it won't be civil war. Maybe it will be revolution, but, but maybe not even revolution. What we're witnessing now to me is terrifying. Donald Trump unable to secure a proper lawyer because they're scared to work with him. You know, I've been talking about music quite a bit because I think the, the, the cultural the, the cultural uh, fracturing in this country is really, really important. And I've been talking about the band Eve Six. You guys may be familiar with them. I think they're awesome. They're a multi-platinum rock band from the late 90s, early 2000s with multi-platinum hits, two albums. And uh, going back to that era, they were like one of the biggest bands So there's a handful of bands and it's funny because, uh, you know, we got a song that's coming out and there are people ragging on us simply because they don't like me. But the interesting thing is that the guy from Eve 6 criticized my music uh, on Twitter. I really don't care. You know, my attitude is kind of like, it's just cool that someone from a band that famous and big would be acknowledging me in any capacity. Like, wow, my music actually matters that much. But here's here's why what, what I mean when I get to the point about things breaking apart. In response to this guy making fun of me, saying you're you're he's like I don't I think your legs are bad. We only put out a promo, so I'm not going to act like he's criticizing all of the music we've ever done. Um, but I'm I'm still a fan of their music. I don't care if he doesn't like me, he doesn't have to. But uh, in response to this, I posted how I really liked Eve 6 and that when growing up I used to cover their a bunch of their songs. There were like, you know, three or four songs that we would play in my, in my garage band because it was like pop punk at the time and that's what we did. And in response to that, here's the funniest thing. Leftists started smack-talking Eve 6. I'm like, here's a guy who is joining the dog pile with y'all. And the moment I say I like them, they come out and say it's a garbage ban and insult them. And that was the point. That, to me, was actually surprising. My attitude was just like, if I like something, I'm just going to tell you I like it. I'm not persuaded by other people... And social pressures to not liking things. That's the weirdest thing to me. I like anime. I like Magic the Gathering. I play Spelunky all the time. I think Eve Six has awesome hits. Nickelback, they did a cover of The Devil Went Down to Georgia that blew my mind, and I think it's one of the best cover songs I've ever heard. People are like, haha, you like Nickelback. I'm like, okay, I don't, whatever, dude. It's really good. Now, as for their other pop music, not my jam, but people are afraid. So, this is what I see people don't have right now the, the political tensions are so hot so insane that the moment Trump comes out and says something everybody hates what Trump did the Babylon B they write ingenious move Donald Trump supports impeachment forcing Democrats to oppose it was a gag article in 2019 Donald Trump came out and endorsed uh, Goldman who ended up winning force and then a bunch of progressives came out and said aha Trump's endorsing him and I'm like Trump's doing the meme this is how crazy things have gotten. This is why I think revolution, civil war, or some kind of fracturing is going to happen. If a, ba- if, a, if, a, if a person comes out and says, Tim Pool sucks, and then I come out and say, and then everyone's laughing, saying, ha ha, that guy hates you. And I come out and say, actually, that dude's really, really cool. And I really like his stuff. He's, he's fantastic. They all turn on that guy. Like, isn't that the weirdest thing? Eve Six guy says, your lyrics are bad. That's what he said on Twitter. And my response was like, whoa, like the dude from Eve six is talking about my music. That's kind of crazy. Like he doesn't know people. Look, not everybody likes every song ever made. I don't expect the guy to like my stuff or anybody, but it's just cool to have been like, you know, when I'm a kid, I'm just some dude listening to these other people. And now all of a sudden I'm in that that circle where like people are talking about each other. The moment I said I liked it, the left attacked him and said his music was bad and he was trash and he was like Nickelback and awful. And I'm just like, dude. If that's what we're facing in this country, there is no solving this problem of political tension because the tension is the culture. We used to have a culture of here's what we like and here's what we don't like. Now it's here's who I like, here's who I don't like, and anything in that sphere is bad. There's no solving for that. It's just angry people with pitchforks screaming for blood. And where does this end up? I can come out and say I'm for student debt forgiveness, not necessarily the way Biden's doing it right now. I am for uh, 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 I, I support um, women's rights to get access to abortion in, in, with, with restrictions, you know, pro, pro, Roe v. Wade style pro-choice. I favor progressive taxes. I favor environmental policy. Um, I like electric cars, and I do think we're overpopulating the planet and uh, creating mass pollution, and we do need to help protect the environment. I think the bug population is collapsing. There are dead zones in the ocean, and I would love to see solutions to that. And I'm right wing. Why? Because the Democrats are crooked. It's amazing, isn't it? I think the Republicans are trash, too. Because I don't condemn Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's crazy where this country has gone. That's why I think there's no solution to the political problems, because it's not political. It is two factions that despise each other. Now, the right, doesn't completely despise the left, but the left just hates the right. They hate the others. They hate anyone who's outside of their sphere. And that's the funny thing. It's kind of sad to me because, you know, I look at, uh, I was tweeting earlier like, 311's awesome. Sublime is awesome. Eve 6 is awesome. I like Blink 182. I like pop punk. I like, that's what I grew up on. Green Day, I-, I like it all. It's fine, whatever. They don't have to like me. I don't know. Metric is my favorite band, by the way. Uh, I like Paramore. Uh, I have no shame in being like, I enjoy this music. Metric, by the way, is seriously my favorite band. I, they've been writing good music forever. Fantastic, man. Just really brilliant stuff. They don't have to like me. They don't have to like my politics. They can criticize me. They can criticize my, my politics. I'm still going to like their music. I'm not swayed by the anger of crowds. I have no problem saying that. But so many people, they're driven by politics and not You know, it's it's reflected in shows. This show is so good. And you're like, the movie made no sense. Yeah, but it had the right message. That's what we're looking at. A generation, a political faction that says, it doesn't matter if the content is good. It matters that it has the right message. Interesting. We'll see where that goes. I hope, Marjorie, uh, Marjorie, I hope you're safe. I hope everything's all right. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that it didn't turn out very, very bad. And I hope they, they capture whoever is doing this and charge them and prosecute them. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. Donald Trump is declaring victory. 26 and 0 tonight, turning numerous tight races into big and easy wins. Overall, for last four years, 98.4% on endorsements. Looks like a fantastic evening of all wins. That's right. Donald Trump is even taking credit for having endorsed Democrats. It's quite brilliant and it's quite funny. And, uh, you know, with all the insanity that's happening around the country and around the world, it's, it's good to have some levity, I suppose. Trump celebrates victory for all the primary candidates after sarcastically backing democrats and his underfire protege matt gates but my friends while we had many elections last night there was a special election and many people are saying it is really really good for democrats and apocalyptic for republicans i don't buy it but i don't care look if you're coming out of the gate right now and you're saying republicans got it in the bag you are wrong everything changed over the past few years. And that being said, everybody coming out and being like, whoa, in an R plus three district, a Democrat won. Bad, bad news, right? No, it's a special election. Now, there's bad news for Republicans that Democrats are motivated by the Roe v. Wade stuff, probably. But it's also there's also something interesting here. Republicans are making gains among blue collar workers, Latino voters, This R plus three district, while it is bad, an R plus three district went Democrat in a special election, it's a special election with what people are saying is that you need Trump to come out and get involved. And he wasn't involved here. So it didn't motivate Republicans, which is bad for Republicans. But it's also a majority white district. And the data is showing us that Republicans are winning among Latino voters. Like that's why the Rio Grande Valley, South Texas, went Republican. That's where the Republicans base lies. Working class people, not educated upstate white folk that the Democrats have been chasing after for six plus years and have been making tremendous gains with. Now we've got some demographic data, which is going to shock many people and probably really piss off alt-right people. But for anybody else who doesn't really care about racial demographics, the only thing they need to be concerned about is voting patterns and how the Republican Party adapts. But first, Let's talk about Donald Trump endorsing Democrats and then getting to add that to his number of successful endorsements. I think it's kind of silly, but it's funny nonetheless. Donald Trump celebrated Tuesday evening the fact that all of the candidates he endorsed, including I, I knew he was going to do this, including the Democrats he gave a cheeky backing to won their primary elections. Looking like a fantastic evening of all wins. Great candidates. Trump run a truth social. His tongue in cheek tongue in cheek. Truth Social Post alluded to his previously sarcastic backing of some Democrats on the ballot, but also included real wins, including embattled Florida Republican Congressman Matt Gaetz, who won his primary. Trump has issued a flurry of endorsements for candidates in the 2022 midterms, but the uh, midterm season. But the Tuesday election was the first time the former president threw his weight in jest, albeit behind Democratic candidates. Hold on. Now, we don't know that for sure. I think any sane assessment would say that's the case, but that's still an opinion. Seriously, all you can really say is Donald Trump endorsed Democrats. If you want to add context, like some Democrats think they're legitimate, some Democrats think they're not. Let me tell you this. There was one lady, uh, Yulin uh, Neo, probably pronouncing her name wrong. I'm not trying to. She's running as a Democrat against Dan Goldman. She lost and she actually stated she tweeted out that Donald Trump's, endorse, Donald Trump's endorsement was real, and people were like, "What? Why would Trump do this?" And she said, "He said it to stop the far left. Trump really did say that." Interesting, huh? Donald Trump said that uh, they're 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 moderate. They'll make more concessions with Republicans. I mean, look, you can joke that that is not a real endorsement or whatever because he didn't make some passing, you know, snide comments in these endorsements. But there's a strong point there. Donald Trump doesn't want the far left to win, or does he? I don't think so. And it's true. These moderate establishment types are more likely to make concessions with Republicans. And so she points this out, treating Trump's endorsement as legit. Now, eh, she lost anyway. One of the Democrats who Trump saw uh, Trump's sarcastic backing was Dan Golden. It is my great honor to strongly endorse him. I do this not because of the fact that he headed up the impeachment committee and lost, but because he was honorable, fair and highly intelligent, I don't think Trump is being serious. But I got to tell you, if you can't read the man's mind, saying it's sarcastic is an opinion because Donald Trump would be like, no, I really meant it. Maybe. I mean, there's I don't think so. I don't think any sane person would. But what do you do if you can't read someone's mind? This is the funny thing. Like, I tweet things all the time because, like, I'm, I'm fairly moderate on a lot of issues. And uh, it's funny because during like the pandemic, I was saying things like, I don't care about the vaccine. Talk to your doctor. If your doctor thinks it's right for you, then you know, take your doctor's advice. And uh, I tweeted uh, to this woman. I said, good thing you got vaccinated, double vax. Otherwise, you know, your long COVID would be way worse. That's all I said. And I get responses from these bot accounts and from people like criticizing me as if I said the opposite. That's the problem here. Donald Trump. Sure. We have every reason to believe that he's being sarcastic. But dude, if he says it, he says it. What more can you say? We know he doesn't want the far left to win. Sure. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Democrat Pat Ryan wins Bellwether special election in New York's Hudson Valley. And boy, are the pollsters reeling. This is an let me show you this. Pat Ryan. This is New York's 19th congressional district. Representative Pat Ryan elect. He just won This is an R plus three. You see this? This is a a Republican district. R plus three. If we're supposed to be looking at a red wave come November, this should have been R plus 10 in this election. Instead, it went Democrat by, I think, three, three points or so. I'm not sure. So R plus three means it leans Republican about three points. The Democrats won. Apocalyptic. Political election projections on Twitter says this is a disaster for the Republican Party. These results in New York 19 are not representative of a red wave year. At this point, we have to be seriously contending with the fact that this will be a neutral or even blue leaning midterm and the House is a toss up. Yes, maybe. But you know what? These are special elections, man. Special elections are not general elections, which I'll get to in a second. I don't buy it. That we are looking at an apocalyptically bad midterm season. Data suggests it should still be leaning Republican. But this is bad news for Republicans. There's a lot to break down, though. Let's break it down. Politico says Democrat Pat Ryan wins bellwether special election in New York's Hudson Valley. They say Ryan, the Ulster County executive, led Republican Mark Molinaro with 51% 51 of the vote when the Associated Press called the race shortly after midnight. The district is closely divided. President Joe Biden carried it by fewer than two points in 2020. And that's what we're looking at right now. Now, hold on there a minute. This is interesting. Joe Biden wins this by about two points. They're now saying that this dude won by about two points. Am I supposed to cry about that? It does suggest that 2020 may be repeated. So what does that mean? Republicans made major gains, but are they going to get enough to win the House? Here's what it's looking like right now. Again, special election. But based on what we're seeing here and with the polls, it may be that Republicans win just enough to take the House, but not enough to do anything else. So I'm not a pollster. I'm not a data analyst. I don't know what's going to happen. But I have been saying from the get go, while the data keeps suggesting a red wave or red tsunami, if you think that you've won, you will lose. Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? They offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Because I'm not stupid enough to come back and be like, Republicans are going to win because I did that in 2018. And boy, was I naive. I was looking at all the data saying good news for Republicans. I was looking at the, the the culture war issues. And I was like, wow. But you know what? While I can certainly see issues in the mainstream press, what you can't see is how regular people react to it, how Democrats and normies are reacting to the news. And it's funny because you can look among the people, you know, the red pill, the people who are waking up to what's going on and be like, look at this. A lot of people are now coming out and they're saying, you know, they oppose the Democrats. But, you know, the Democrats aren't sitting on their hands. We can criticize them. But I think the smartest, the best move right now is to say this. One, Donald Trump's endorsement did they all swept. That's good news. The special election Trump wasn't wasn't involved in. So that may be indicative of a Republican still winning. Don't know. But you should be looking at the story and saying, like, look, if you're a Democrat, you should be saying y'all can win if you rally the vote. And if you're a Republican, you should be going out and saying it's not over. And Democrats might actually take this, which would be historically, let's just say offbeat, because typically in the first term, the the midterms in a a president's first term, you get the, the other party switching, taking over the House. I still think that's likely the case, but who knows, man? I'm not a pollster. I can't see the future. Ryan's television ads hammered on the need to elect a representative who would fight for abortion rights in the wake of Roe v. Wade. That worked. Let me show you something. After the Roe v. Wade decision, the polls, the generic ballot between Republican and Democrats tightened, and now it's a dead heat. Now, some people might say, you know, we look at at the data. When the Democrats are up five in the generic ballot, they lose. Seriously, when the polls show that people are five points up for Democrats, Democrats lose the House. So right now, yeah, it's looking like Republicans are up 0.2% in aggregate with real, real, real clear politics. And that should suggest Democrats are going to lose seriously. But my friends, everything changed. People are moving out of blue areas. They're fleeing California. They're moving to Texas we can't predict exactly what will happen. In a swing district that is tracked as R plus three, the Democrat won. Now, there's a lot of people saying a lot of things. Interactive poll says in what's shaping up to be a clean sweep in Florida, 15 of Trump's 15 candidates won. In 2022, Trump's endorsement record is 92%. In 2018, it was 58%. Now, this is something. I think this matters more. In 2018, Republicans lost. They lost the House. And Trump's endorsement record was 58%. In 2020, Republicans lost the House but made major gains. And Trump's endorsement record was 77 You see, this suggests to me that with Donald Trump entering the fray this time around, things will be different. Trump's endorsement record for 2022 is 92%. If we're looking at Republicans getting crushed, making gains in 2020, and now where we are with Trump's endorsement record, 92 percent, sounds to me like Republicans are going to win. Because with Trump's endorsement success, you're seeing more and more uh, over the past couple of years. Granted, it's only uh, two uh, two other elections. You're seeing Republicans gain more seats in the House. I think that's good news. And I want to point this out. Well, right now you got these people saying like, I can't believe that an R plus three went went Democrat. Oh, the Republicans are going to lose. I give you June 14th, 2022, Texas Tribune. Republicans flip U.S. House seat in South Texas, historically a Democratic stronghold. Okay, let me just tell you, my friends, when this happened, everyone, oh, red wave. Whoa, this proves everything. No, it doesn't. It's a special election. It's a special election that Republicans were motivated to vote in. Right now, in the special election in New York, Democrats were motivated to vote in. Times, they are a-changing. Demographics, they are a-changing. The one thing I can't say, Democrats nominate established candidates, gain new traction on abortion. Facts. I'm not a big fan of the Washington Post, but they're right here. The establishment won. The progressives lost. Nikki Fried lost to, to uh, Christ over here. This is uh, uh, Charlie Christ won the Democratic nomination for governor of Florida against Nikki Fried. the the Republic, the the, the Progressive. Sorry, they ain't doing too well. Donald Trump endorsed some uh, establishment players. They're the ones who are winning. It's fascinating to me. You know, the challenge of politics is that, one, I understand that people have different views on how things should be, and it's an opinion statement. What am I supposed to say? When someone's like, I think we should distribute wealth in this way, I'm like, okay, opinion statement, whatever. Like, what am my guys? Your opinions are wrong. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Whatever. They think my opinions are wrong. They are fact statements. I think that we should print more money. And it's like, okay, well, that will have consequences. We, we know what the consequences are. We know what happens when you have uncontrolled printing of money. And progressives are saying things like, no, d- debt spending. And it's like, d- debt spending will just destroy the economy. They don't care. They say things that make no sense, right? They're like, right now, we got a big story that Biden's going to cancel $10,000 in student debt. You know, my friends, this is the end of this country. This country can't survive this way. Now, there will be something here because humans survive and, and culture, you know, humans. I'm just saying it's going gonna, it's gonna to get worse. We've come to the point where politicians are like, if you vote for me, I'll give you free money. Well, OK, people are going to vote for you then. That's where we're headed. So the system will decay. It will fall apart. Crime will get worse. The dollar will get devalued. Your savings will get, you know, and then eventually the system will just buckle under itself. It, it, it can't be sustained this way. And that's the issue I take mostly with the left. Their policy positions don't make a whole lot of sense. Their opinion's fine, I guess. You know, you can try and figure out how systems can work, but, you know. Anyway, here's where we are. Times, they're changing, okay? Democrats, the establishment's winning. The far left lost. That's good news all around. Look, I think the Democrats are crooked as they come, but I I got no problem seeing the creepo, weirdo cults losing, and maybe this will stop. We got Carrie Lake. She won. We got uh, uh, Joe Kent. He won. We got, you know, Hageman in the Republican primary. The Trump candidates are winning. This says to me it's good news for Republicans coming in November. Moving forward, though, let me show you some of this stuff. David Giglio says. If the GOPe and their consultants still can't figure this out, the party is headed towards permanent minority status. Stop worrying about losing white suburban voters. They are a shrinking portion of the electorate. Embrace populism and the party will win like never before. In this image posted by David Giglio, race and ethnic profile for total U.S. and under age 16 populations. In 2000, the white population was 69.1. In 2019, the white population is 60.1 a drop of 10 points total, not relative. If you're doing relative, we're looking at about 13%. But a relative drop of 13%, a total drop of 9.1 in the total U.S. population. What demographic expanded the most? Latinos. The black population increased in the past decade by about 0.4. Latinos are up about eight. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, about six. Sorry, six points. Now, here's the, here's the best part the under age 16 population in 2000 under 16 was 60.8 oh you're going to love this one the under 16 60.8% 19 years later the total us population of white people is 60.1 fascinating it's lower than the total under age 16 uh, uh, under age 16 population okay this is quite simple my friends right now in 2019 the underage 16 white population is 49.95. Let's do the math and see where we had. Now things can change, but let's just extrapolate and see what we can project. 2019, so we're looking at 2038. In 2038, the white population in total should probably be about 49%. If we just go off of these numbers, why? Because people who are under age 16 will be, Older, they're going to be what we're, we're, we're going to have them at 35 years old in, in, the, in the population, the white population will be substantially smaller. You can take a look right now. The 2000, the Latino population under 16 was 17%. Okay, about 1.3 shy of the 2019 numbers of total Latino population, but I think it's simple to understand. Young people grow up and then vote. You know, a lot of people, they they live in this world of, uh, I'll I'll call it solid state politics instead of emergent politics. Solid state politics are people who just think there is a static people in this country. And that's it. And you got to convince them to vote one way or another. Wrong. The Democrats get this, and that's why they go for schools. What you want to do right now, if you want to win elections, you want to be targeting 16-year-olds. You want to be sharing your values. That's why Turning Point USA is so important. They're they're successful because they're 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 targeting young people with their ideology. The left hates it. Take a look at this. In 2019 and, and we're in 2022, mind you. But in 2019, 25 percent of the under under age 16 population was 25.8 uh, percent was Latino. Here's the big news. Republicans are winning with Latino voters. That's why in South Texas they won. They're losing with white voters. But here's the good news. If Republicans can start going after a multi-ethnic coalition, blue collar workers and populism, you're going to win. The white population is shrinking. Democrats overwhelmingly win among white voters, which is why this this uh, uh, and look at this. New York 19 is 85 percent white. R plus three. So what? That's not where Republicans are winning. Republicans are winning among a coalition. It's fascinating. Republicans should be going for populism, America first, and they're going to win. Now, I'm sure a bunch of, uh, you know, like white supremacist types are going to cry when they see these numbers. You know, I could care less. What I care about is American values. And here's the good news. This 49.95, this 25.8, these people, conservative, more conservative. I think the future is going to be more conservative for one simple reason. The Democrats are running on Roe v. Wade. The, the Democrats won. Look at this. They are winning on abortion. This dude, this 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 guy Ryan and Ulcer was running on Roe v. Wade. Look at this. Fight for abortion rights. Let them have it. Congratulations. You take a look at uh, uh, the what look at this. Washington Post. The Democrats gain new traction on abortion. Congratulations. You know what this means? These are the people who are advocating for terminating their children. So let's take a look at the Latino population expansion and the white population expansion right now for under age 16. In the past 16, 19 years or whatever, Democrats have been advocating to abort your kids. There's also been an increase in sterilizing your own kids. 2019's under age 16 population substantially more likely to be conservative because conservatives, be that be they, be they Latino, Black, or White, they're more likely to have kids than liberals and progressives. That means this under age 16 population it's fairly mixed right now. You look at the Pew data, but moving forward, you are going to see that most you're going to get you're going to just going to get more conservatives. Democrats aborting their own children. They are dependent upon schools with Republicans going for school choice. Arizona's doing it. Florida's heading in that direction. The Democrats ability to indoctrinate children will fail. And then you give it another 20 years after that. And there you go. My prediction is by the time I am 60 or 70 years old, talking about 40 years, this country is going to be staunchly conservative. The joke, we say, is that in 20 years, the Republican Party is going to be a bunch of transgender communists, and the uh, Democratic Party is going to be metaverse AI. You know, people who have uploaded themselves to the, to, the, to the network. I kid. It's, it's all about child rearing trends. You want to win elections? Have kids. Instill your values, in your values in your kids. Don't let your kids go to these schools. Homeschool your kids. Build culture. You know what's what I love the most? And uh, I've been harping on this because we got a song coming out this Friday. But uh, it's all it is. It's like um, the promo we put out for the new song. It's called Only Ever Wanted. It's on Timcast Records. You can find it on YouTube right now. The first single we're doing under our official label. And uh, the video we put out is kind of like rock, maybe emo. I don't know. But the song itself isn't. It's funny because like the finale of the song gets emo, but the song itself not. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't really care. What I care about is I recognize that the establishment culture hates all of us. So I'm not going to sit here and try and figure out how to pander to the establishment. You know what I mean? They're going to hate you no matter what you do. They're going to call you a bigot, a racist, a liar, cringe, all of those things. You just got to do your thing. You got to raise your kids with your values. You got to paint a picture that you think is good. You got to develop the skills, make stuff, and then market it and try and convince people that it's good. Well, I should say make good stuff and then spread the word. I'll tell you this, man. I really am, uh, have been really inspired and um, my resolve has never been stronger. We put up this promo for, this, for the song, Only Ever Wanted, which we're releasing. And and I am kind of trying to just shout it out. You know what I mean? And on Instagram, 130,000 views on the promo or 140 maybe. And it's overwhelmingly positive responses. People being like, wow, this is like really well made and stuff like that. A lot of high-profile major uh, major label people have hit me up, and they're like, dude, really amazing stuff. But on Twitter, it's salt and anger and all this cringe and all these lefties, they're all angry. Ooh, you know why they're angry? I'll tell you why they're angry. Because the Daily Wire is making movies. Oh, no, they're infringing on Hollywood. Guess what? We are putting out stuff on par with, like, major labels, and that's a disruptive force. When these kids grow up, you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be making content, and they're going to grow up hearing this stuff because you, the parents, aren't going to let them watch this garbage content. You're going to have them watch The Daily Wire. Chip Chilla, I think, is The Daily Wire's new kids show. They're going to grow up watching that stuff. They're going to be leaving Hollywood. Daily Wire just hired a Disney executive to be their chief marketing officer. A lot of people got mad. I'm like, are you nuts? This means that that Disney guy works for The Daily Wire now. The CEO of The Daily Wire, co-CEO, he goes to church on Sundays. You see where this is headed? This is why they're freaking out. They cannot allow us to have these cultural successes. So my friends, the night is always darkest before the dawn. But we're we check out Cast Castle on timcast.com. We got to work on the audio. We 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 are just doers. We are people who make stuff. We got two episodes up, the promo episode introduction to the show, and we've basically we're we're moving towards turning it into a vlog, uh, a sitcom with a vlog element into it. And we've got a massively positive response so far. People really loved the first episode, the first official episode called The Game. And you know what? Bro, haters always going to hate. Haters have hated on everything. Let me teach you a lesson real quick and tell you why you got to keep standing up for what you believe in no matter what they say. Resist the trends. resistance to flow. Stand up, push back against the current and say no. Skateboarding was garbage in the early 90s. Famous story about, yeah, I'm not going to drag anybody's names into it, but there's a famous pro skater, one of the most famous in the world right now, and he wanted to quit. He's like, there's no money. What am I supposed to do? Just be homeless and sleep in a, in, in a hovel with a couple of my buddies? And another, one of the most famous pros said, bro, stick with it, man. Times will change. Both of these men are now worth tens of millions of dollars. I, I presume tens of millions. Because skateboarding was dorky. And you were considered a loser and everyone made fun of you. But these people said, I don't care what you think. I do what I'm going to do. They said, I am, I am going to build this space out. What we get from the left is conformity. Them saying, I just need to do what they tell me to do. Now, we don't play that game because we are leaders who say, this is the way it should be. And I will stand up and fight for it. You got to build that out. You got to resist those who tell you to fall in line and conform. Right now, we are working on building content and culture, and we got a large battle ahead of us. Dan Bongino's, uh, he co founded Parallel Economy. We use that for timcast.com. That means censorship resistant pro- uh, uh, financial transactions. Public Square, an app that shows you businesses that believe in American values. The Daily Wire, they started off doing, uh, you know, they're doing documentaries and movies. We kick- we're-, we're jumping into over at timcast. We're doing some documentaries. We got one coming out, I believe, maybe like a month and a half or two months. We'll see. We might want to do an extended marketing thing for it, so we might wait. But I really love to get it out before the midterms. We'll see if we can. And then we've got music. We got one song so far. We're going to start putting out a lot of music. We're going to be expanding rapidly the music portion of this company because we're just going to build culture. And you know what? The Daily Wire, they made Terror on the Prairie. And it's not a big budget production, but it's really well made. They also made the documentary, What is a Woman? Tremendous success. We've got one song coming out under TimCast Records, our independent label. But we're going to be signing other bands. We're going to be producing a ton of music from all different genres. It's not all political. We're just going to start doing it. We're going to create that space because we have the funding to do it. And I will tell you this. You know why we're going to win? Because you've got music artists. They get canceled. Their lives get destroyed. So they desperately beg the machine, please don't cast me out. We're going to create that space. Where I say quite simply, if you want to write a song and these companies are going to cancel you for your opinions, we'll carry you if you got good music. That's simple. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Joe Biden has announced he will be canceling up to $10,000 in student loan debt for most borrowers and $20,000 for Pell recipients. It's a very contentious issue, but my friends, both the left and the right are wrong about this. On the left, they're saying he's not going far enough. He should be canceling all debt. Well, that doesn't make sense. College graduates are the highest income earners in this country on average, and giving them free money makes no sense. It also will be a contributing factor to inflation. But on the right, they're simply saying, maybe you should pay back the loans that you took out and be responsible for yourself. And they're sort of right. And the left is sort of right, but they're both, oh, everybody's wrong. Everybody's wrong. And I'm right. Okay, well, I don't know that I'm right, but I have an opinion that differs from the left and the right. Certainly, I can respect the left's position because I think these loans are predatory. They're targeting 18 year olds who are now struggling to have families because they're laden with debt. And certainly, I can understand the rights perspective that, yo, you chose to take this loan out. A bunch of us, we didn't go to college. I didn't. Actually, I went for like one quarter at a community college. And the reason I didn't go is because I come from a family that couldn't afford to do it. And I'm not going to take out loans to go to college for uncertainty. That was just me. I know a lot of people who were tricked, manipulated as young people by predators. These are people who want you to go to these indoctrination centers, trick you into going to these colleges with no guarantees, but indentured servitude. So there's a middle ground. But I will say this, what Biden is doing, is wrong. So I don't completely agree with the right. I'm actually in favor of student debt forgiveness, but not this way. And I'll explain first by showing you a quote from Alexis de Tocqueville. Probably pronouncing that wrong. He says, quote, the American Republic will endure until the day Congress discovers that it can bribe the public with the public's money. And this is exactly what's happening right now. College loans, it's cash given to people, cash in their accounts, so they can go to college. Now I'll tell you what bothers me about this. I know a lot of people went to college and they used their college loan money for going to bars. I know people who bought stuff. I know there are stories of people who took out student loans and then used that money to start a business. So when you get this, Joe Biden canceling debt for most borrowers, 10 grand, he's just bribing people. He's not solving the problem, which I think needs to be solved. He's just bribing people, but they're still locked in indentured servitude. Now, this may free up some people who are just around the $10,000 number and with this forgiveness may free them of debt that I get. Let me read the story and I'll do this. The Washington Post says Biden to cancel the $10,000 in student debt for most borrowers and $20,000 for PAL recipients. Fox News says Biden announces student loan handout as national debt soars. This from Fox News, inappropriate headline, in my opinion. OK, this is framing and this is opinion. Whether it's a handout or not, that is editorialization. I'm not a fan of this. Let's, let's, let's break down the issue, though, and, 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 and I want you to hear me out on this one. I don't think I have all the answers. I don't think I'm, well, I'll put it this way. I'm, I could be wrong about a lot of this, but I don't think the right is solving the problem, and I don't think the left is either. The left is kicking the can down the road, and the right is basically saying you should have been more responsible. Let's address the issue and talk about this. The Post reports, White House officials are planning to cancel $20,000 in student debt for recipients of Pell Grants Grants, as part of their broader announcement on Wednesday of student debt forgiveness for people with the matter said. The extra debt forgiveness for Pell recipients would be in addition to the expected cancellation of up to $10,000 in student debt. So we're talking about $30,000? See, that they didn't say. Duet plans are only expected to apply to Americans earning under $125,000 per year or $250 for a married couple who file taxes jointly. Oh, don't you love it when the rich get richer? Bro, homeboy goes to college. He graduates college with lots of debt. He then earns a $250,000 salary. On that salary, he finds a nice young thing and says, "Honey, when you're with me, you're going to raise the kids, I'm going to do the work, and we're going to have 250k. We're going to clear about 20k, about 22 or whatever $1,000 in cash per month. After taxes, we'll have maybe $13,000 per month to spend. More than enough to cover everything. Here's the best part. When we get married, that extends my tax relief and my debt forgiveness. This is a dude who's making 250K. And I get the idea. You know, joint taxes, because the woman could be making 125 and the man could be making 125. But let's just say this, bro. You're making 125k per year, so the government gives you free money. Let's read. Roughly 43 million federal student loan borrowers would be would be eligible for some level of forgiveness, including 20 million who could have their debt completely canceled, according to internal documents shared with the Washington Post. The White House estimates that 90% of relief will go to people earning less than $75,000. The president, well, yeah, you know why? The people who got those good jobs paid their loans off and are now going, what do I get? Talk about a brutal kick in the balls. That's that's the problem I have. Take a look at this video from The Daily Wire. Even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. Dw Void we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This dude, it's in 2020. He's talking to Elizabeth Warren. Actually, let me let me play this. Let me see if the audio will play. The what can this I was hoping a question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not here, man. I'm having right, time. Yep. Uh, I just want to ask one question. My daughter's getting me out of school. I saved all my money. She doesn't have any school money. Am I going to get my money back? Of course not. So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money, and those of us that did the right thing get screwed? No, it's not. anybody got screwed. Of course we did. My buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations. I saved my money. He made more than I did. But I worked a double shift. Okay, let me. If, if, it, if It's hard to hear, but. This guy This is an old video from 2020. He said, I saved all my money. My daughter doesn't have any student loans. Am I going to get my money back? Of course not. Are you? Is that a, is that a joke? He said, so you're going to pay for people who didn't sa- save any money. And those of us who did the right thing get screwed. Yup. They want this, bro. Here's what happens if uh, you send your kids to college with uh, wow, And this has got 18,000 retweets. You send your kid to college. You pay the bills. And you, you say, you know what, we're not going to eat some nights because I want to put my kid through college with no debt. You get nothing. Now, if you are like, I don't care, that's your responsibility. Take the loan out. Have the government pay for it. They forgive a large portion of that. You can't do that. There needs to be a real solution to the problem. So let's get to the nitty gritty on this stuff, huh? I am in favor of student debt forgiveness, but not in this way. Here's the problem I see. We want young people to have families, right? All right. How do we do it? How do we get these 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 young things to, to have families, to buy houses, to help the economy? They need money. So they need to make more money or they need to clear their debt. I think these student loans are predatory. I'm sure you all know people who took out student loans. I know people who are in their 40s who are like, yeah, I've paid back $50,000 on a $40,000 loan and I still owe $20,000. And it's like, wait, what? So you're going to end up paying 70K total on your $40,000 loan or whatever. And they're like, no, it'll be like 100 because interest keeps going up. Wow. Okay, well, that's a problem. I am not a fan of that. I like the idea that people could go to college to get, you know, skills. I don't like what colleges have become. So maybe we got to do away with this system. Here's where we start. First, before anybody gets any money, we have to stop the loans. You can't just give cash to people and then keep the machine churning. That's where the left is wrong about this. You know, they're right in principle. These loans are predatory and they're a problem. And we got to free this up if we want kids to join the, the adult economy and stop talking about adult thing. Mm. Yeah, they, they got to get out of indentured servitude, man. So the problem here, predatory loans. Now, the right says we well, should have known better. Now, I disagree, man. I mean, to, a, to, a, to an extent, I, I think, yeah, you should have known better. But come on, man. We're talking about 18 year olds being told you have to do this. Otherwise, you won't succeed. That is societal pressure and manipulation. Here's the solution. We got to stop the loans outright. No longer allow kids to receive any loans like this, period. Now, for the conservatives, let me tell you, you don't like college and indoctrination. Guess what? Without the predatory loans, they ain't going to these indoctrination centers. Now, the left is going to get mad. You can't do that. You can't take those loans. Well, hold on. I don't care what y'all think. I don't see how we're going to be giving, about, giving away ten to $30,000 per person. And then we're going to keep the machine churning. You want to solve this problem. You want to stop the predatory lending practices. You can't just forgive the debt and have the debt come right back. That makes no sense. We'll be dealing with this problem every five years. No. We stop the system. Now, here's what I think we do right now. Here's a solution. If you have student loans, here's my proposal. Hey, any politician who hears this, feel free to pick it up. Here's what we do. We abolish interest rates on these loans, just like that. For for any loans moving forward, actually, no, 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 no loans, no loans moving forward, none. You can't get a loan to go to school. I'm sorry. I just say no to that. If uh, if you want to get, maybe maybe there could be like a private bank loan on your own personal credit. That's your choice, but not the student loan system. All right. You can borrow money from whoever you want, but the way the system set it, gone. Current people who have debt, interest rates, gone you got to pay back what you borrowed, no interest. Now, for those of you that already paid interest, let's say you took out a $10,000 loan to go to school. You didn't need as much as some people. And you've paid back $5,000. Let's say $2,500 of it was interest, so you still owe $7,500. That interest you paid? Oh, so so you paid $5,000, $2,500 is interest. We apply it to the principal. We suspend the interest. We abolish it. We apply your interest payments to the principal. Now you only owe $5,000. But guess what? You owe $5,000. Now, hold on. I can already hear you all saying, but Tim, what about people who uh, have paid off all their loans? They're not. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's Here's the best part. If you paid off all your loans, we apply all your, so if we apply your interest payments to your principal. So if you paid, let's say, let's say you pay 10000 in interest and you got 30000 left, you now owe 20000 But let's say you paid $20,000 in interest and there's $10,000 left. Well, that means you're going to cover, ah, here we go. We apply to the principal, all right? Then you are debt-free. Your principal has been paid. But what about that extra ten dollars Tax credit towards your income tax. And, 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 Going out into 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 uh, extended extended years. Now I assume for most of these people, college degrees, that ten thousand will cover most of your taxes for the current year. If you only owed seven thousand, then next year you get an additional three thousand credit until that interest is applied to your taxes. I think the whole system is predatory, predatory, and this here's the best part: it ain't a handout. It's the money you've already paid being applied to the system, so it's a net zero. You still got to pay back your principal, but the money that went in, there you go. Why? Because I think these interest, the, the interest on these loans was a manipulation on, on the American people, and we want kids, we want our young people to get out, find work, and be able to have families and buy houses. You know what this will do, freeing up this debt, clearing the system? Instead of being indebted on student loans, they're going to be indebted on mortgages. This means for the older folks who put all of their money in their retirement in their property— Your property is going to be worth more because you're going to have more buyers. This good thing. Now, the Republicans are right. I think they're right when they say that uh, you shouldn't take on these loans in the first place. So I would put it this way. If you want to borrow money to go to school, it should not be through this system. Grants, I think, are fine, whatever, but that's still kind of coming from taxpayers' pockets. College needs to be a choice you make. It needs to be you pursuing your passion you know for sure you need to pursue. Here's the problem we have with colleges these days. First, the obvious, they're indoctrination centers of weird crackpot ideology. But there are a lot of things you got to go to college for. You want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, and for the most part, you got to go to college. All right, so here's what we do. Colleges. I'll tell you my view. Let's go back in time. I hear these stories all the time about how um, you need to go to college to get a good job and how our boomer parents were telling us if you don't go to college, you're going to be a garbage man. The funny thing about that is like garbage people, because garbage persons. Wait, that actually sounds garbage man. And go- it sounds like an insult. Um, waste management professionals, yeah, apparently, they, they get paid well. Many of them have union contracts. Some are even private companies. So I don't think that's a good example. You'll be flipping burgers. I mean, if you're flipping burgers at a fancy restaurant, but you know what they mean? They mean you'll make you'll make little money. You got to go to college, okay? Well, that's a lie. It's always been a lie. Always been a lie. I'll turn back the clock, go back in time. I heard this from my parents. You got to go to college, right? Why? You see, they'd say things like, you know, when I was younger, I didn't go to college, and and that's what I'd hear from a lot of boomers. I don't want to sing out my parents because you know, I my my dad went to college, my mom didn't, and uh, I heard this from a lot of people. They said, when I was younger. Everyone I knew who went to college ended up making tons of money, and I didn't, and I didn't make tons of money. Therefore, you should go to college to make tons of money. Broken logic makes no sense. You know why? Because back in the day when the boomers went to college, they didn't need to. Nobody was going to them and saying, you have to go to college. They were saying, you don't have to go to college. You can you can raise a, a family of five on a high school diploma. We all did it. You can do it too. See, the greatest generation was able to do that. So they told their kids, you don't need college. But then how come the people who went to college made so much money? Because those are the people who are passionate. That's it. Somebody was like, man, I really want to study X. I really want to be a lawyer. I really, really, really want to be a doctor. So they said, I'm not going to settle for a high school diploma and raising a family. I'm going to go to college. And you know what? It was a lot cheaper. Tuitions have skyrocketed. And they went to college and they got their degrees, but they were pursuing passion. And with that passion, they made more money. I'll give you an example. Timcast.com is a successful business. I did not go to college, but I had passion. I pursued my passions, turned it into a business. If no one was pressuring you to go to college, you were just pursuing your passions. And in doing so, found success. Now, Mike Rowe says, don't pursue your passions, pursue you know, what you're good at or whatever. But that's my point. I pursued what I was good at. There's a lot of things that I'd love to do. You know, I, I great. I'd love to go film skate videos all day. I'm not the best skateboarder in the world. Far from it. I'm actually decent. You know, but whatever. It's a hobby. I'm not going to go try and become the greatest skateboarder in the world. Enter the contest. These contests is nuts. Plus, I'm 36. No, but you know what I was good at? I was good at this, and I just kept doing it. I liked doing it. It worked out for me. Some people aren't good at things, but they want to do things. And I find that most people who want to do things are not good at. It's because they want a path to easy money. That's what college is to kids these days. Their parents are like, path to easy money. No, it's not. It's indentured servitude. And if you don't have the passion to drive you, you ain't going to be successful. And this is where we are now. Young people were told to go to college when they should not have been told to go to college. Now, college, the, 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 with the grant system, with the loans, the tuitions keep getting jacked up. They have become bloated and ideological trash. Stop going. That's the solution. So we get rid of the loans altogether. You can't forgive loans and then keep them going. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. So I hear these stories. I know boomers. I have, uh, uh, you know, family members and they tell me about, oh, you're, you you know, you're, my friend went to college. They made six figures. You're doing what? Computer science. Why were they doing computer science? They've always really liked computers. Yeah. No one told them to go to a recruiter, talk about what they liked, and then got suggested to major in computer science. Because how many people, I think, I think something like half of all kids switch majors, and then like something like 20 or 30% never even used the degree they got. What a waste of time. And now I'll lay it on for you. First, let me just make sure I make that point. They're just bribing voters at this point. But I just want to tell you, man, college degrees are a detriment to your career. This has been, it's been this way for a long time. You look at people like Peter Thiel. He, he funded this dude who started something called UnCollege to convince people not to go to college. You got you to you you just get good at something and then build upon that. What we're seeing now is people who apply for jobs and say, I have a college degree. We go, okay, what, is that, what does that college degree do for us? Like, I, okay, here we are at TimCast.com. We want to hire people. We're looking for um, you know, film producers. We're looking for uh, OTT. We're looking for, for you know, uh, developers. Uh, we want to do OTT apps, things like that. You come to me and say, I have a degree from this university. And I say, so what? What does that do for me? Am I supposed to assume you're better at your job because you spent four years of your life in an institution? You come to me and say, I didn't go to college. I say, I don't care. Show me something you've built. Like if if I wanted to build a golden statue of Bocas, my cat, am I going to hire a guy who says, I have a degree in statue making, or am I going to hire the guy who's got a whole bunch of statues in his front lawn that look awesome? I'm going to be like, can you make one of those for me? Yep. Awesome. Let's do it. Why would I waste my time? Crossing my fingers at this piece of paper certification is going to get anything for me. This is the reality. The people who go to college because they're told to go to college don't have the the, the actual work to back up their skills. Now, a doctor, okay, you got to go to medical school. Lawyer, you got to pass the bar. Not, I don't think everywhere requires law school, but typically you got to go to law school. So um, that I get. You want to be an academic working in the sciences? Okay, well, that is happening in universities. Totally get that. Music management, music business. I know people went to school for music business. And I'm like, why? What are they teaching you? Nothing. There's one thing you got from it. Say, well, I met my professor. My professor introduced me to people. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's worth something. You know what's worth more? Actually going out to venues, giving business cards and and your social media information these days to managers and saying, we got bands. Hit us up if you ever need to fill a slot. If you've got any last minute stuff, plus we'll send you some demos and try and book shows. We'll all make money. Then you then all of a sudden, you know, all the venue owners, you know, all the managers. Someone comes to you and says, can you find a venue for this show we want to do? We are looking for this many people you're like I got you. Then you all of a sudden you're meeting these bands. You, you get a band. They open for a big band. You go to a venue and say, hey, I got a band. They're really, really good. You need any opening acts like, yeah, we actually have this big band playing. We got a metric. They're playing a the show. They could they, they've request, you know, they're looking for openers. Let me let me connect you with their manager, or their producer, or whoever. I'm, I'm just throwing out band names. Going to college ain't going to get you that waste of time and energy. So, you know, when I hear people talk about the ideological stuff, I'm like, yeah, 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 it's bad. The real problem is we're setting up kids for failure through these institutions and indentured servitude. Break the system. What does uh, Will Chamberlain say? Seize the endowments. There we, there we go. All right. You know what? I'm in favor of forgiving all student loan debt if the money comes from the university endowments. If that's not going to happen, this is just bribing the public. So I'll say it one more time for those in the back. Yes freeze interest rates they're gone abolish them you got to pay back what you borrowed if you got money you got to pay it back we're not going to put that burden on other people the interest you've paid will be applied to the loan itself but you still got to pay back what's left if you've paid more in interest than, than what remains we apply that as a tax credit on your yearly tax filing so if you you make 100 grand a year and the government comes and says we want 35k You say, okay, that 5K in interest will be applied to that. I only owe 30. Boom. That's how we solve this problem. Tell me if I'm wrong and and what I've missed. This is my opinion on the matter. I've thought a lot about it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com.